You're listening to the Summer Camp Music Festival Podcast with your host, Camp Counselor Derek. Ahoy, campers! Hey, I know it's been more than a couple weeks since my last podcast, but left town for a week, hit Disney World with the boy, so that set me back a bit. And I'll tell you, scheduling these interviews can be a challenge with some people, but not with my guest today. Uh, Mo's always been great to me. Uh, it's my goal to have all the members of Mo on the old podcast, and today I'm very pleased to have Vinny Amico as my guest. You know Vinny. He's the one sitting in the back next to Jim. That's right, our house drummer for camp, and I sat down to talk about music and food. Why is there smoke coming out of your oven, Seymour? Uh, oh, that isn't smoke. It's steam. Steamed from the steamed clams we're having. Mmm, steamed clams. So, hey, camp is just a matter of weeks away now. Uh, since I last talked to y'all, the lineup has been expanded to include Carl Denson's Tiny Universe. I'm excited about that. Rob Garza of Thievery Corporation, Future Rock, Bonnie and Clyde, and our Summer Camp on the Road Tour winners. And unfortunately, after I made everyone promise to show up for the last stand of George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, he has canceled his appearance at Summer Camp. Uh, I have no information on that, but uh, best of luck to him in his final year of shows. Uh, But... Did you see O'Teal Burbridge release the lineup of his friends that will accompany him? Uh, joining O'Teal will be Eric Krasno of Lettuce, Pretty Lights, Soul Live, Phil Lesh uh, on guitar. Uh, fellow Dead & Company bandmate Jeff Kementi, um, Further and Rat Dog uh, on keyboards. Uh, Neil Castle, uh, Chris Robinson Brotherhood, Circles Around the Sun, Hardworking Americans, also on guitar. Uh, John Morgan Kimmock. Uh, he, he's been playing with Mike Gordon recently, uh, also in the Steve Kimmock band on, on drums. Uh, Alfreda, Gerald, uh, Warren Haynes in the Gap Band, and Yanni on vocals. Uh, and Weedy Brema on percussion, uh, plays with Trombone Shorty and, and the Power. And my apologies to anyone whose name I butchered there. But I have seen uh, most of these musicians in their various acts and can confirm that this is a badass lineup. Um, As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, redacted summer camp schedules, Game of Thrones predictions, or drummer diatribes, you can always email me at podcast at summercampfestival.com. Where are you going? I'm going upstairs. Because I'm going to put my nutsack on your drum set. Okay? Did you do that? I am warning you right now, if you touch my drums, I will stab you in the neck with a knife. Ian, go in the room. I will go ace shit. John Bob's playing Moby Dick for real. I swear to God. I swear to God. Now, as I said, my guest today is the drummer for Mo. Uh, we also get into talking about his love for cooking. He has a series of YouTube videos called Vinny's Kitchen, where he teaches you how to make various dishes. Check that out. And he's also a hell of a guy to boot. Here's the interview. Stick around for the Jam of the Week. Hello, summer campers. I am here with Vinny Amico, drummer for Mo. How are you today, Vinny? Good. How are you? What's going on? I'm I'm doing well. I uh I just had to fast and I just had blood taken, so uh hopefully I won't uh, act all loopy. So you're um, <laughs> I did eat a quarter of a bagel right before I came in. I had to eat about you, six after fasting. You know, I uh, well, it's. Uh, I mean, I suppose the listeners don't know what time of day it is when we're recording this. It's it's in the morning. I generally don't eat in the morning, so uh, I'm fine with that. But it was really hard around midnight last night. I kept yeah, walking into the kitchen it. and looking around. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you never eat until you can't eat, and then you want to eat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, anything. You tell me I can't do anything, and the first thought is, well, I want to do that. Um, but we'll get back to food. Um, first first question I ask everyone on the podcast uh, is, what was your first concert? Uh, my first concert, I think, the, the first concert that I remember is uh, Yes 
on the 90125 tour. All right. Back. Should I tell the performing arts center? Yeah. I wondered if it was, uh, I mean, for some people it's kind of hard to pinpoint because uh, they grow up around music. Um, oh, yeah, well, and, I mean, that's the thing. My father's a jazz musician. I saw, I've been seeing, you know, jazz gigs since I was a little boy, you know, so that would really be my first concert. I thought you were talking about first, like, big concert and a big concert venue. So yeah, no, and and that is the question, or, or sometimes the question is, what was the first one that had a big impact on you? And I, I, I think your answer is, I mean, if, if that's what you recall as your first concert, that's also the, yeah. the, the one that had an impact. I grew up around music. I mean, my dad, you know, I was always seeing my father play ever since I was little. And he uh, was, and he's a, a trumpet player. He was, yeah. I saw, I saw a picture in uh, one of your, one of your videos on YouTube. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's usually his music that plays behind. You know, Paul uses uh, the jazz. Uh, oh, no kidding! One of his records, but that's what you hear in the background usually. So you were you were born in Utica and, and lived there till around nine. Uh, where'd you move after that? Uh, Niskayuna. <laughs> it's it's just a suburb of Albany. Nearby. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, I was like ninety miles away. Uh, it's between Albany and. Schenectady. Um, gotcha. It's a town that nobody heard of except for you probably know 10 people from there because I, you know, the band knows that 100 people from this unit because every time we're anywhere, it's like, oh, hey, man, I'm from this unit, you know. So, you know, Paul Satone, our photo- one of our photographers. Uh, it sounds familiar. You ever met Paul? He does all the video for my show. Okay. So he's in this unit grad, and I didn't find that out till he was, you know, taking pictures of the band, and I was like, oh, yeah, I went to Miss Cuna, class of 94 or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, oh, no shit. So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of us out there, even though nobody's ever heard of the town. Um, and so, it, I, I mean, I know the other guys from the band are are from from that area-ish for Buffalo. How do you... Everybody's from Utica, except for Jim, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. yeah, Jim was from Long Island, but the rest of the band was from Utica. They, so they knew... They knew my name, even though we all lived, you know, met Buffalo because they had all heard of my dad from music in Utica. Ah, okay. So did uh, did they reach out to you eventually? I mean, I know I know you joined in. Uh, you joined Mo in '96 after a series of of what I imagine as like Spinal Tap like incidents where drummers just suddenly imploded. <laughs> um, sort of. Well, yeah, I joined in '96. I was um, John Topper, Mo's old manager, and I were friends and roommates uh, in college and, and after. And I was playing, you know, I was like a working drummer in Buffalo. And uh, 
every time they'd go through a drummer change, um, John would ask me if I wanted to do the gig, and it was never really... Uh, Timing didn't work out. Yeah, I was just... Because I had graduated, I already had a job, I got married, bought a house, all that shit, so it was like... I couldn't go on the road for 250 days a year and 60 bucks a week in peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. It wasn't in the cards. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's not an easy life. Uh, what uh, what was the job you had? Uh, I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car for a few years, actually, out of college, and, and then uh, then quit there and was a salesperson for a business supply company. I would imagine the rental car job uh, actually has come in handy with your current job now and again. Like you, you, you oh, know yeah. when they're when they're bullshitting you or not. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, you don't ever need to buy insurance for a rental car unless you don't have insurance because it's all yeah. pure profit for them. They're all self-insured, and you know. Oh, but they'll tell you you need it. Yeah, well, yeah. That's that's why I'm telling you in case you have a rental car and they're like, oh, you should get this, or they don't even give you the option. It's like, well. I have insurance. My insurance companies nationwide that pay a lot of freaking money for it, you know. So why should I give you money? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So, but. awesome. So then uh, you joined them in '96, and and the band's been uh, as it is now ever since, right? Uh, yeah. Well, Jim came back in '99. So. Okay, that's right. Jim was a couple of years later, and he he had been in the band previously. Now, he, was he on a kit when he was uh, in the band before that? He was the drummer. He was the second drummer. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, he was the second drummer, and then, uh, and then the percussion player. Uh, and I knew Jim, you know, before Mo was even a band. I think Jim and I, like, Jim, I, I was a uh, Jim's next door neighbor in Long Island, and me were roommates in college. So when Jim was considering uh, transferring to UB. He came up and stayed with us and kind of got in our scene and then, you know, and then got in the greater Buffalo music scene and then from there uh, got in both. Awesome. You guys, are, it's it's amazing to watch. It's amazing to watch any two percussionist band or two drummer band um, to, to watch the way that you guys interact. Uh, mm-hmm. is, is unbelievable. And you know, I'll say this. I You know, it wasn't until... I saw probably about until the time I saw Greg Fundus. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's the uh, the drummer. He was in Fifty Six Hope Road, and now he's in Led Zeppelin oh, yeah. too. Yeah, um, yeah. He and I actually did a um, couple of because the, there used to be drum clinics every year, and he and I mm-hmm. did a couple together. He's a great drummer. Oh, he's, he's incredible. And it, well, what I was going to say about him is that it wasn't until I saw him that I really understood how a drummer can affect a jam and how the drummer drives a jam and, and how oh, yeah. much they inter- and how much they interact with us even a solo. Mm-hmm. Um but and and I'm sure I mean I'm I'm a pretty avid music fan. I mean that was a long time ago that I came to that realization, but I I, I would imagine a lot of people don't ever come to that realization. I mean you're a lot your of average people person. Don't. You're actually one of the first say not let's say non drummers. <laughs> Unless you are a drummer, uh, that actually figured that out. Um, well, I have played. I, I did play with a band. In fact, I played with a guy. His name is Dave Schmidt. He used to. He was in a band called Snuckafoo that played at summer camp. And he, I, uh-huh. that's that's when I realized how um, because I, I do play some instruments, and that's when I realized how a solo can interact with the drummer and how the drummer can yeah kind of make make or break you really <laughs> yeah yeah exactly especially if the drummer's not driving like you say you know and so everything kind of stays either super linear or you know almost a lot of drummers actually slow down they don't know that like or either they don't know or they've got you know time-wise they don't have the intuition or the feel to move the thing forward the whole time they're yeah. kind of dependent on the guitar player or the bass player sometimes and it's like it's all you brother <laughs> <laughs> so. do you i mean it's a, i guess what i'm saying is you don't you probably don't get the credit, maybe necessarily that you deserve. Do you do you like being in the back? Do you like being in the background? Yeah. Is that is that something that every drummer has to have? Um, no, there's a lot of drummers I think out there that um, 
like to be in the forefront. Usually they're overplaying, and you can tell. <laughs> so yeah. Like, oh, that guy doesn't really want to be in the back. The, the 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 best compliments that I get are the ones that are like, we didn't even notice you were there. But good, that means I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, just moving everything. You know, you can. It's all. It can be all about the frontman, but without yeah. the drummer in the back making shit happen without anybody noticing. Uh, you know, that's that's the key. I think it. I think it takes a certain personality to have that attitude, which is a great attitude. The the it, you know everything's going right when when nobody notices me. Attitude. It's. I mean, right. and that that applies to to a lot of professions, I'm sure. But um, yeah. I think that takes a certain kind of person. Has Has anyone ever asked you to like take a picture of another band member and not realize that you're in the band? Like, hey, take a picture of me and Al. Happens to me all the time. I love it. I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw a meme like that the other day, and I I, I you were one of the people I thought of. <laughs> Hey, could you take a picture? Could you take a picture of me in the band? <laughs> I think it's a riot. Or sometimes I'll actually go, "Hey, let me take a pocket. Let me take the picture, so that you just you, know, you just volunteer. Yeah, be like, hey, you know, you guys take a picture. I'm like, I'll take it for you. <laughs> All right. So you know, here's a question: How how do you guys do set lists? Um, so I've had I've had Rob and Al both on the podcast, and I want to I want to get all of you guys eventually. Um, but that's a question I never I never asked either of them. Uh, alphabetical order back uh, from last name. That's all. <laughs> so I get the first one, then you tra- Rob, you trade off. Yeah, then Chuck, then uh, uh, Al. Jim kind of bailed on him two years ago. He just doesn't like writing them. Um, so, so we all, you know, we all have a different style of how we do it. So that's why the set lists are quite a bit different tonight. Um, not necessarily just because of song selection and the fact that we're trying not to repeat or do anything the same, but also our styles of how we write the set list are different. You know, like yeah. the, the melody instruments tend to try to write a set list um, on key key changes or lat era and you know, so if we're gonna do a jam, you know, they wanna keep everything in relative keys and you know, yeah. so there's not a lot of modulation or a lot of um that kind of thing. Um and then um me, I kinda do it on flow and, and groove. So interesting. You know, everything that I do kinda of, all the jams like the time works together and the way the whole thing Builds works together. So you're um, you're trying to do it more like a mixtape than uh, paying attention to wh- yeah, so what instrument you got to pick up and drop and what key changes there are. And I'm not I'm not as concerned about that. I mean, every once in a while, something I have written down won't work because you just can't get from you know yeah. whatever logistically. Yeah, but most of the time it does. And sometimes the thing is, that I I tend to make the instrumentalists work a little harder because then they can't just go, oh, we're going to go from here to here and it's a relative key and you just move from this to that. It's like, oh, now we have to modulate a half step here and then a whole step over there to get to, you know, so they got to work a little harder to make it yep. work. But, you know, there's a lot of, I, I, in a lot of ways, it's more interesting because you're not just sticking to one key and just staying there the whole time, you know, and working it that way. So, um. Uh, I, you know, I was thinking you were, you mentioned Jim, uh, and I was thinking he uh, that that he stopped doing set lists. He seems like he is even more so comfortable being in the back. Like yeah, if okay. you look on your Wikipedia page, there's links for all of you except him, and he yeah, seems yeah. probably like the last one that I'll I'll ever get for this interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean he's all right with interviews. But once you get him talking, and he he he's got a as much weed as he smoked in the life, he's got a steel trap memory. He remembers a lot of stuff, so he'll he'll be able to give you some insight on some stuff from you know way back in the past. Yeah, that other people may or may not remember, you know. So, well, it's your brain's racing. You have to you know feed it into submission. I mean, it's <laughs> racing because you've got all of that knowledge swirling around in it. Right. I beat mine into submission with alcohol and. <laughs> I, I don't remember shit anymore for some reason. So. Yeah, well, that that 
that kills them, I think we just numb I, them. I think <laughs> sends them to the back. I think part of the the memory thing, at least for me, is that most of my memory is actually uh, taken up with remembering songs, and not like oh shit, I have to remember a song. It's just that like that's how my brain learns. So I'll, you know, every song I listen to, new or old, it's like I'm learning it. It's not like oh, I love this song, which I do. But I'm also like my brain just learns it automatic. Uh-huh. Um, it, it just takes up a lot of uh, memory space, you know. Like a computer, I can't purge all those useless nonsense. You know, it, it just all is in there. And, and well, know, when you I, when you hear a new song, it, you know, or something on the radio, are you are you able to put your drum brain on the back burner for a minute and enjoy the song, or are you immediately analyzing the beat? Um, I, well, luckily, most of the beats are kind of easy. You know, it's all 4-4, four, four, a lot of it is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, you go instantly to the changes and learning those changes, or at least I do. I, a lot of people don't. A lot of people can just go, oh, this song's awesome. I'm like, oh, this song's awesome. And then it's like, what's the change? And then what's the pattern? And then, you know. Yeah. Yeah, this is more the, stru- the structure than oh, the actual beat. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, I could play this tomorrow if I needed to. <laughs> I don't know why that is. It's just the kind of the way my brain works, I guess. Cool. Um, oh, one note I had here is I don't know if there's a term for musical Eskimo brothers. I don't know if that's a thing, but um, I played in high school jazz band with Matt Kaminsky, who just oh, sat in with, with you guys on that's keys fun. in Atlanta. So. That's awesome. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there and give a shout he's out to Matt. He's pretty knowledgeable about jazz stuff. He's got a lot of uh, of that stuff in his head. Yeah, we were talking jazz for a while, he and I, and he just he, he knew a lot of cool stuff. So yes, he does. He's he's a wealth of of information about jazz.
So we'll, we'll move on to cooking. Where, where did your love of cooking come from? Um, my father, mostly. And my mom. I mean, I love food. Um, my dad is Italian, and because he was a jazz musician and there's no real money in that, he uh, supplemented uh, with restaurant business, especially later in life. Um, so he was one of his best friends owned a really great restaurant and he worked there um, for years as a maitre d' and running the kitchen, whatever they needed him for. And um, and so whenever we, my parents got divorced when I was young, whenever we'd visit, kind of always about food and music. You know, he'd be playing at night and working during the day and we'd spend a lot of time at, a rest, at the restaurant eating and watching and cooking. And then he had all these great recipes. And um, when I got to college and, and beyond, I seem to always call him when I had when I was stuck or when I needed to cook something or was cooking something and like I'm here, what do I do now? And he would always tell me and that it's just kinda um kinda festered into a love of cooking and spent food and and just the fact that his life was always about food and music and family and you know, my mom was all big in food and, and family and it just kinda kind of gets uh, trickled down, I guess. So, and then, you know, I raised a family, my wife and I. Um, she came from a family that wasn't as food-oriented, <laughs> and so she was a lot pickier and eater. And so when we were raising our kids, you know, I would want them to eat everything that, anything and everything that was being served or whatever, and they were picky because kids get picky around the five or six year old age. Oh, well, I have a wife, six year old. Yeah. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. And my <laughs> wife would cater to the pickiness and I her and I our biggest arguments were like, No, just let them eat. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's just food. Right? And she yeah. was raised that not that way, right? So then they get to be ten or eleven, they start branching out or you start bribing them, Hey, look, this is good. You should try it. Oh, I don't want to try it. I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? Here, here's five bucks. Please eat it. And then they love it. And then they yeah. And then now my kids like everything and they explore food and they enjoy that very much. Um, so part of that is also cooking. My, my mother-in-law, my wife, you know, they're both like not afraid to cook, but they're afraid to screw it up and they're, for, you know, like, and so they're, they're kind of almost paralyzed when they have to cook something. And it's like, Cooking is very simple. It's very simple. And if you're not afraid of food, you're not afraid of trying to cook it, and you know what simple ingredients work together, you can make a lot of different stuff. So one day I was just like, hey, let's film this thing, you know? And because I'm always talking about food anyway, it's like, let me just do this thing and show people how easy it is to cook. So I did one, and then I did another, and I did another, and now I've done a bunch because cooking is easy. <laughs> it's not something you should be afraid of. And food is not something you should be afraid of. You yeah, know? you know, it's, so. it's something I never did until the last year. Um, we started doing HelloFresh, not to, not to advertise them, but um, right. it, I mean, this is going to sound like an advertisement, but it really has taught me how to cook and, and how oh, yeah. crazy it is, how simple some of the sauces it, are. Yeah. Right, so that's the thing. My wife's done it a few times, and I've had it, and we've had it here, and it's like they give you all the ingredients, and it's not like they're giving you 100 ingredients. What do you have, six ingredients, seven yeah. ingredients? Taking this yep. meal that you could get at a restaurant, and you're like, this is freaking amazing. It's like, see how easy that was? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so we're going to be running a, a contest for a few winners to come and do a Vinny's Kitchen with me on the VIP night. Um, and I've done a, you know, it's kind of like year three or four of doing Vinny's Kitchen at uh, at uh, summer camp. And I was thinking last night, because the hardest thing about doing these shows is, what am I going to cook, <laughs> right? And, and like, there's not going to be a kitchen there. I'm probably going to be grilling or something. So I'm like, what am I going to do? So I'm thinking, I'm not sure what I'm going to cook, so I won't say it. But I'm probably going to actually just make it up on the spot. So All right. it's not going to be somebody's rest or it's not going to be one of my recipes, but I have this thing in my head. And I do this sometimes when I'm cooking at home. Like, okay, I think that this will be something that will work with the facilities that we have and that people like. So I'm going to just invent it on the spot. 
All right. I'm sure there's people that have made it and made it just like this. It's just that I never have, and I'm just I, I'm not looking up recipes for what it is. I'm just going to say, okay, I think these things will work together. We'll put them together, and hopefully it comes out good. Sounds like a sounds like a top chef challenge. <laughs> and the thing, the funny thing is, is so the people who usually enter these contests and win in a lot of cases actually cook in restaurants and stuff and know a lot more about food than I do, which is kind of funny. But it's you know it's cool because then they can, if I have any questions, they can help or they can cue me in the stuff that I don't know about food because I'm just a hack. You know, I just I just cook for my family and stuff. I just happen to know certain combinations and know how to make certain things and. You know, that kind of leads into making just about anything, really, because, you know, even watching the, the cooking shows and the Guy Fieri's and stuff that freaking travel around the country, everything's made the same. You know, they go to a Mexican restaurant, their sauces are made with, you know, they use cilantro instead of parsley, but all the sauces are, you know, onion, pepper, tomato-based sauces that, you know, it's like an Italian thing or like a Louisiana thing or like, a, you know, so... Everything's very relative. Minor changes make it taste a little different. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do want to back up just if, so if people are confused listening, uh, that you have a series on YouTube called Vinny's Kitchen, which people can check out, where you yep. cook all kinds of stuff, the uh, chicken riggies and broccoli pizzas and yeah. chicken marsala, a lot of chicken stuff. Mostly, yeah, a lot of chicken because we eat a lot of chicken and mostly Italian because I'm Italian and that's where kind of a lot of my stuff is rooted. And being from Utica, Utica actually has a cooking uh, style and a cooking culture. So like the chicken riggies thing, Utica greens, there's a bunch of different things that come from Utica. They're they're significantly Utica. Like steamed hams? I don't know about steamed hams. Is there something like that? <laughs> that's, from that's, an old, I, that's a Simpsons reference. In fact, I will, uh, cut, I will cut that clip in so people know what I'm talking about. Uh, okay. it's, <laughs> like, what? Superintendent, I hope you're ready for mouth-watering hamburgers. I thought we were having steamed clams. No, no, I said steamed hams. That's what I call hamburgers. You call hamburgers steamed hams? Yes, it's a regional dialect. Uh-huh. Uh, what region? Uh, upstate New York. Really? Well, I'm from Utica, and I've never heard anyone use the phrase steamed hams. Oh, not in Utica. No, it's an Albany expression. I see. The, the contest for, for summer camp, um, let's see. So I'm trying to think what essential information we need to give people. Uh, they, they can uh, pick a meal that they would cook at a festival, and they are supposed or to... Or it could just be their best, their favorite festival food. Okay. It doesn't necessarily be something they'll cook, although we, you know, we uh, we encourage that kind of thing. But there's also, you know, you can just list your favorite fest food or something. Somebody cooked at a festival or any of okay. that stuff. And you post it to, I think, and hashtag it. Um, Vinny's Kitchen Scamp 19. 19, yeah. Uh, you know, I'll I'll look at all the submissions. I'll pick my favorites, and then I think there'll be a a page where fans can vote and pick their favorite of the ones that I've picked. So, like, because there's probably going to be a ton of submissions, I'm going to break it down to like five or maybe a few more than five, and then people can pick, and then those people win, and then they um, I think there'll be three winners, I believe. So one gets to help that the winner winner gets like a week, the whole weekend, plus VIP, plus the Thursday party, and they get to assist me, um, and then other winners get to be part of the thing, eat food, stuff like that, so it's fun. Yes, so, and it says on, on Thursday uh, of summer camp, that's May 23rd, uh, the winners yeah. are going to gather uh, at the, uh, behind the stage, the moonshine stage, for the yeah. taping of, of uh, your most recent Vinny's Kitchen. That is correct. Cool, that's a lot of fun. You know, it was the first year we did a contest, um, and a bunch of people ended up back there, and I was, again, made, I just made it up. I ended up making uh, filet mignon. <laughs> I was going to make uh, pork tenderloins, and, and they didn't have them at the grocery store for whatever reason, so I made beef, and it was freaking awesome. I just made a simple rub, and 
cooked it and made some vegetables and man it came out good people were raving about it so and again kind of just made it up on the spot but like especially meats and rubbing meat it's the easiest thing ever because it's like you know you use salt pepper garlic onion powder you know some sort of pepper like a cayenne or whatever you can use paprika and a couple other things and that's it and it's just freaking awesome so some people put cinnamon in theirs or a little cocoa or some of that stuff. Ooh, never thought of that. I am a I'm yeah. a big fan of I, I tend to broil steaks. That's what I yeah. that's my that's my method. Nice. Um well again, so people can enter that by yeah. uh uploading to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag Vinnie's V I N N I E S Kitchen Scamp S C A M P nineteen. Yeah, uh, just want to make it that out there for people. So, and uh, I will, I will definitely be at that uh, the taping uh, behind the moonshine stage on Thursday. So I will That's see awesome. you there. Cool. Um, all right. Well, I think we're we're coming to the end of it. I mean, we didn't talk too much summer camper. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it this year. Uh, awesome. Are you? Uh, well, here here's a question because I'm a, I'm a huge blues traveler fan. Is it, do it, can I expect to see uh, Popper on stage with you, with you guys at camp? That is always a possibility. You know, there's been none of that discussed as of yet, but seeing that we're going out on tour together all summer, you know, yeah. but, you know there'll be some collaboration at summer camp as well. Um, of course, there's so many uh, people at summer camp to collaborate with. You never know. You know, you totally. never know who's going to be the person or people that end up on stage with you. The last podcast was with Mummy Cass, and I had forgotten that uh, three or four years ago, they uh, that that entire band was up with you guys on stage. Yeah, that was fun. Whole that bunch of drumming going on. Oh yeah, those guys are awesome. It's pretty wild. The whole thing is wild. <laughs> so it was a difficult interview to do because oh, yeah. my in, my improv skills are not ideal. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, cool. Well, uh, as you mentioned, you're going on, uh, so you're on kind of a break now and then, uh, you come back for summer camp yeah. and then you, and then you go out on the all roads run around tour with blues traveler and G love and, uh, G- well, I was going to say G love and special sauce, just G love. Yeah. Just G love. Yeah. And, um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that tour as well, but I, I had to throw the popper thing out there just to put it in the universe. I'm, I, I know he's played yeah. with you guys before, so yeah. He has quite a bit, and he, we will all summer, too, but hopefully, you know, I'm sure we'll probably have some stuff going on at summer camp, too, because, you know, we got a whole summer of it to do. we got to figure out what the hell it is we're going to do. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we'll work it out at summer camp, you know? So. Yeah, summer camp's your trial run for the rest of the summer. Yeah, man. All right, Vinny. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, you too, man. And I will. Oh, I'll see you backstage on uh, Thursday, May twenty third, um, and uh, we'll be looking for all those uh, uploads from everybody uh, for Vinny's Kitchen. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks Sounds again. Good. I'll, I'll see you then. Yep. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Alright, my thanks again to Vinny Amico. That was a little bit of them playing with John Popper earlier this year. Now, I know this is coming out late, so if you do want to enter that contest, you have until Friday to get your favorite fest food post up on the old Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook to enter for a free ticket to summer camp. Um, and uh, remember to hashtag that Vinny's Kitchen Scamp 19. On to the jam of the week. My selection this week is from our scamp host, Mo in the Red Barn on Friday night of last year. Uh, Here they are with Threw It All Away. 
I'll be back in a couple weeks with a couple more episodes uh, before camp. Air out your tents, y'all.
was wonderful. Good time was had by all. I'm pooped. Yes, I should be. Good Lord, what is happening in there? Aurora Borealis. Uh, Aurora Borealis. At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. May I see it? No. Seymour, the house is on fire! No, Mother, it's just the Northern Lights. Well, Seymour, you are an odd fellow, but I must say, you steam a good ham.